Good morning, everybody. How are you guys doing today? It's a joy to be with you. Um, today, we are going to do something a little bit different. Instead of doing a sermon like we typically do, we're going to take a break uh, from that just to make space to be able to share some stories. As you just heard, um, last week, 15 of us from this church flew down to lawless, beautiful, sunny Phoenix, Arizona, <laughs> where the pandemic is over. And, um, and uh, we, we got together uh, with a few thousand other people for the Vineyard USA National Conference. Now, if you're new to our church or if you haven't heard much about kind of where we come from, uh, the Vineyard isn't just the name of this church. We're actually a part of something a lot bigger than ourselves. We're part of a movement that has existed uh, worldwide for over 40 years now. And uh, in the United States, we have more than, what is it, 600 churches. And worldwide, we have more than 2,400 churches across over 100 nations of the world. So this is something that is really big and really widespread and um, has been very catalytic, not just in sort of our circles, but has had influence across the body of Christ in all different denominations and styles, and it's been really cool. And every other year, we get together with thousands of people from all over our country to gather for a time of singing, um, a time of vision casting, equipping, and ministry to each other. And the highlight of these conferences is always ministry time. It doesn't matter who the guest speakers are. It doesn't matter. The, the worship teams are awesome. But it's everybody who goes knows that the, the main event really is what happens after the sermon. It's what we call ministry time. And one of our high values in the vineyard is that everybody gets to play, that everybody has a, a role to play, that everybody is equipped to be able to do ministry. It's, a, it's this beautiful expression where it's not just the person on stage giving words. It's not just a team of anointed people at the front who are laying their hands. It's you go forward and then just this ocean of people come behind you and pray and minister. And the power of God just breaks out. It's incredible. Prophetic words that really set people in like a whole new course for their life. Um, emotional breakthrough, physical breakthrough and healing, deliverance. All kinds of stuff happens in that space. It's really worth the cost of admission. Um, and so today we just want to share some of the stories of what God was up to uh, during the ministry times. As well as some of the, the things that, were, that the Vineyard USA is sensing sort of God's calling us into that have implications for us as a as a church body as well, because we want to sort of follow the stream. What God is doing across the nation, we believe that he wants to do right here. We are not in isolation. We're part of something a lot bigger than ourselves. Um, uh, when I first joined the Vineyard um, about 11 years ago, 12 years ago, somewhere in there, um, I, was, I was weirded out, to be honest. Is anybody weirded out by the Vineyard? You don't want to admit it? <laughs> okay. I was weirded out by how self-referential the vineyard is. Like, people who were in this church were always talking about the vineyard this and the vineyard that. It's like the way Texans talk about Texas. And, um, uh, and then they would always talk about this guy, John Wimber, like, as if he was, like, the prophet that came after Elijah. And it really was weird to me. And then I started attending some of these vineyard conferences and some of these events. And what I discovered was that this is actually my tribe. These are my people. This is where I belong. Like, I love this. 
And that John Wimber guy, he's actually a pretty gifted leader and a really fascinating character. So what we're going to do this morning before we share stories is we want to we actually uh, watch a video from 1987 uh, at one of these conferences, John Wimber, talking kind of about what this whole thing really is about, like what, what, what it is that we go for in these conferences. Before we show that video, I just want to say the highlight of the week for me, I had a great time, the Lord ministered to me, but what most what I most valued was seeing just the way that God was touching other people in our team. Like, I was in tears at times just seeing the way that they were being ministered to, the way that they were being raised up. There was this one moment where uh, Jace Schwartz, Pastor Jace, he, he talked in front of this whole room full of vineyard scholars at the Society of Vineyard Scholars meeting, and everybody stood up and clapped for him, and it was like this awesome thing. Um, we had my friend Liz, Liz Hicks. She actually was one of the, the worship leaders on stage for one of the sessions. And I was just like proud dad, except for the fact that I was literally standing next to her dad, and he was prouder. And, um, and, and, and across, just, I mean, seeing the way that, that God ministered to what I call the baby millennials, everybody on our team under 30, they went forward and, and God blew them up. And it was just amazing to see Noel Herman um, just stepping into like new lev levels of leadership among our team, among our people. Just so cool. So I got to tell you guys, God's did some really cool stuff. I can't wait to share it with you. But let's watch the video and then we'll tell some stories. This, this foment, this dynamic, this power encounter created a foundation for the preaching of the gospel. It made an opening. It made a way for the preaching of the gospel, as it is with much supernatural phenomena. Many times when God does something of this nature, in, and by that I mean something in, in the supernatural realm that really doesn't have any uh, direct bearing to healing or direct bearing even, in this case, to salvation, he does these kinds of things as a platform for the preaching of the gospel. And Peter, believe me, if Peter had not gotten up in the 14th verse and preached the gospel that he preached, there would have been no converts that day. We must have the coupling of the transrational with the rational, the supernatural with the natural, the power evangelism with the program evangelism. We have to have a presentation of the gospel, but we also have to have presence of Almighty God working with us. And it is that that I'm speaking to, and it's that that I'm calling you to account with this week, that we recognize that there's an encounter going on, people. There's an antagonism antagonism today against the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, but more importantly, there's an antagonism against his personhood, against his presence. And when the presence of God comes into your sanctuary and into your life, you will find that you have antagonism, that you are frightened and put off and bewildered and upset, perplexed and vexed against the very God that you've been inviting to come for years and move among you. The first time that the Lord Jesus Christ sent his spirit in great power among us, I was fit to be tied for days. I was so angry. I was so upset. I wanted to get out of the ministry. I said, no way am I going to put up with Why, that's absurd what God did. <laughs> of course, I wasn't absolutely sure it was God. But even after I was convinced it was God, I had difficulty with it. And I want you to know that. When God began moving among us, and not, this particular night, we were having a church service, and, and in fact, that, that Sunday afternoon, I, I was coming out of the, the church service. It was Mother's Day of all days, Mother's Day. You'd think you'd be safe in church on Mother's Day. Well, I, 
I'm walking out of the church, and, and God says to me, tell that young man to preach tonight. Well, I'm not in the habit of just telling any old young man to preach in my church. And I said, and particularly that young man, because I'd heard he was a little strange. And I said, Lord, do you want me to have him preach? And the Lord said very clearly to me, yes. So I went up to him, and I said, Lonnie, would you like to preach tonight in my church? He said, oh, yeah, I've been waiting for the chance. I thought, oh, no. I'm telling you, I died a thousand deaths all afternoon. All afternoon, I agonized. I said, oh, God, you got me into it again. You got me into a mess. He's going to mess my church up. And the Lord said, when did it become your church? I said, oh, that's right, that's right, okay. So I went to church that night, and I, <laughs> we worshiped extra long. I found a lot of announcements that needed to be made. But I, I, and as long as I stretched it, it was still time. And so he's sitting there all bright and alert like a kid at his birthday party. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, he looks harmless enough. All right, come on up. So he comes up and he starts speaking. And I sit down over to the side. And, uh, and I'm listening to him. And, and it's great. You know, I mean, it's, I'm thinking, what was I worried about? He was funny. He's giving his testimony. And, and there's pathos in it. You know, and they're trying to weep a little bit. And, you, you know, and, he, and you, you know, salute a couple times. And, he, and he's telling you some great verses. And you're laughing. And just having a wonderful time. I'm thinking, what was I worried about? This is great. You know, God, you're so good. And then he does the weirdest thing I've ever even heard of. <laughs> Everything's going good, you know, and all of a sudden he stops and he says, well, that's it. He said, you know, the church has been offending the Holy Spirit a long time and uh, he's, he's quenched, but he's getting over it. And we're going to invite him to come and minister. Now, come, Holy Spirit, and whammo! <laughs> the Spirit of God comes. And people start fighting. Well, first of all, he says, everybody 25 years and under come forward. Well, in our church, that's everybody. You know, <laughs> you know they're all coming up there. And there's hundreds of them up all crowded around the stage. And he says, come, Holy Spirit. And the next thing I know, people are falling and bouncing in there and they're laying on the floor and they're talking like turkey guys. <laughs> and one kid, he falls. <laughs> one kid, he falls. And the microphone falls with him. You know, and it's laying right in front of his face. And he's speaking in tongues, you know. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, I'm not talking about two minutes. I'm talking about 45 minutes he's talking through that microphone. And we're wading through bodies, you know, trying to get over to him. And we can't get the microphone off, and we can't get to him. And Lonnie is going like a banshee. You know, he's running through the crowd and raising his hands. And, you know, and I'm thinking he's pushing people over. He's knocking them down. But he's not even touching them. He's walking by them, and they're going wham, wham, you know, and falling everywhere. And I'm, and I'm thinking, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, get me out of here. <laughs> and people are grabbing their Bibles, and they're going, not me. I'm not. And they're going out the door. Some of them I never have seen. That was four years ago, you know, that they went out the door. Well, I want to tell you something. When it, when it finally stopped, when it finally stopped, Man, did I get it, you know. I started, all the staff was upset and uptight. You know, they, they didn't tell you the half of it. When, when Sam was mentioning that earlier today, he didn't tell you the whole story. Everybody was pretty uptight. Well, I went home, and I tried to be civil, you know, I was polite. Well, thank you very much, and I, for, for ministering. <laughs> so, I get home, you know, 
and I, and I try to go to sleep. I, I can't sleep. I get up and I, I go from Genesis to Revelation, you know, and I'm looking for Holy Spirit come, you know, <laughs> wham, wham, you know, it's not in the book, man. It's not. I'm upset, man. And I, you know, now it's 4:30 in the morning, and I've, you know, I've all over and over. I did find a few verses where people fell down. That helped me a little bit. But I couldn't find anything that was just like that. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm saying, "Oh God, you got to do something for me." You know, I, this is terrible what's happened here. You've got to do something for him. And suddenly it, it connected that I remembered reading something in the journal of Wesley where something like this had happened. And so I went out of my garage and I had a big box of books on re revivalists at different times, you know, revival histories as well as revivalists. And I got them out, I brought them in the house, and I started, and sure enough, some things like that happened with Whitfield. Some things like that happened with Wesley. I found it in the Cane Ridge Revival. And then I began going back and forth in, through church history. And, I, and about 6 o'clock in the morning, I'd found at least 10 different times when this kind of phenomena had occurred. Not exactly, not Holy Spirit come wham, but things like that. <laughs> you know, things where people shook and fell, people fell and this sort of thing. So I was feeling a little bit better. Now it's 6 o'clock in the morning and I'm saying, God, if this is you, I've got to have some assurance. I've got to know, is this you? Is this something you're doing or not? Just then the phone rings. And it's my friend Tommy Stipe from Denver. Now, Tommy wasn't in the habit of calling me uh, all that often in those days, but he would call up every couple months or I would call him. Hey, hey, what's going on, man? You know, what's happening? Did you have a good day at your church? Oh, Tom, let me tell you about it, man. You know, this guy, Lonnie. Oh, Lonnie, I know Lonnie. Yeah, he used to be, oh, yeah, I remember him. Wham, right? Yeah. <laughs> I said, well, look, man, this is what he did to me. He came in, he talked a little while, and he said, Holy Spirit, come, and people fell down. And people left my church. My staff's mad at me, and I'm not sure what's going on. My wife's happy as anything. She liked it all. <laughs> and he says, it's the Lord. I said, it's the Lord? He said, yeah, it's the Lord, man. It's just, that's exactly what happened to us in the early days of the Jesus People Revival. The same kind of power, the same kind of manifestation. In fact, as we talked, the Spirit of God began gripping his heart, and he began repenting of some hardness that he had towards just this kind of phenomena because he'd sort of grown away from it and become too sophisticated for it. And so I felt a great deal of assurance because God had given me a witness, a credible witness, that had called someone that had been there, someone that had seen it from the inside out. I'd only heard about it. I'd lived here in the community, but I wasn't aware of the totality of the Jesus People movement until much after the movement had already began declining. That'll come as news to some of you. But <laughs> the Jesus People movement's over. It's a new day now, and God's doing some new things. <laughs> and so <laughs> I, I recognized in, in, that, in that communication that, that I was in for a, a, an interesting time. Well, over the next few weeks and months, the phenomena continued to occur, uh, often unrehearsed, often without any kind of leading from us. It would just happen in places. Uh, our young people began roaming the community in packs. We would see them sometimes in parking lots and in front of houses, raising their hands and praying for people, and wham, they would go. And over the, that was in May. By, the, by September, we had baptized over 700 new converts. Evangelism was occurring everywhere. That was not, those were the ones we baptized. The best we can figure, there may have been as many as 1,700 new converts in that three-and-a-half-month period. 
But the ones that we baptized, the ones that came toward us as, as, uh, and became involved in the fellowship, was approximately 700. God was on the move. I had never seen evangelism like that. I had never known that there was that kind of power. The problem was I didn't have any grid to sort it with. Nothing I had ever been taught in my educational background helped me to understand Holy Spirit come whammo and how that related to evangelism. How power and power signs and power activities could bring about conversion in the lives of individuals. But as I uh, began dialoguing with people, and keep in mind I do have some training as a sociologist, and so I'm used to measuring phenomena and, 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 uh, and looking at things from that perspective, and as I began dialoguing with various people that were visiting and uh, that had been ministered to during that period of time, I, I found there was a commonality that regardless of what the, the uh, phenomena was, whether they were slain in the spirit or rested in the spirit or fell and shook or stood and shook or sat and shook, uh, whether they shook violently or mildly, whether they had a, 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 an experience that was somewhat catatonic or whether they had some other kind of experience, there was a commonality of acceptance of the experience. No one I ever talked to that had had an experience was sorry. They all uniformly responded with, it was wonderful. I feel closer to God as a result of it. I love the Lord more as a result of it. I'm reading the Bible more now. I'm praying more now. I'm sharing more now. I'm more involved in the church and I'm more in love with the Lord than I've ever been as a result of that experience. Still good. Still good. Um, I'm going to go ahead and invite everybody who was, uh, who've already tapped to come and share to come on up. Um, we're going to just kind of sit here in these stools. Um, but that, what you just saw, I mean, that, that is in many ways that that's formed the culture of this thing that we are all a part of. It's that moment that Mother's Day, uh, you know, all those years ago had a ripple effect and worldwide now, you know, God's doing stuff all the time, but there was just something that happened right there that has affected down the line who we are now. And so when we went to this conference, that informed in many ways what we were expecting and anticipating uh, God to be doing, and um, it didn't disappoint. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, just have Josh kind of kick us off. Josh, do you want to tell us a little bit about what God did with you and what were some of your takeaways from this conference? Yeah, for sure. Hold on one second. Um, it was just absolutely incredible um, to be at this conference. I've been in the vineyard since I was like eight years, eight years old. Um, so a long time, so like four years. Um, but uh, yeah, so I've been going to these types of conferences for a long, long time. And one of the cool things about being part of a global family like the vineyard is you make friends and family like everywhere. So um, anywhere you look when you're at these conferences, you see people hugging and, um, you know, reconnecting. So there was a lot of that for me. Um, it was great to connect with, like, more of the worship family um, that, I've been, that I've known for a really long time. So that was cool. And also just connecting with our team that we had 15 people go. I think per capita for our church, we had, like, the biggest group there. Um, like, it was, it was really, really cool to have um, uh, also, Johnny has a, just a special ability to come up with the most spicy, controversial questions to ask our, um, our team when we're on trips like this. So we, 
we got to know each other a lot better, and I'm going to share everyone's controversial opinions, if that's <laughs> cool with you guys. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. Um, but we had just a great time. We all stayed in a big house and um, got to know each other better. Also, we spent a lot of time praying over each other. Um, like Marshall was saying, we, we just, like he was in tears because of just how much um, the Holy Spirit was touching our team. It was, it was pretty incredible. Um, also, it was just so cool to watch the historic transfer of our national directors. I'm not sure if you knew. Um, we had our national director of 10 years. He passed the torch to our next national director, which is just something really cool. It felt very historic, really heavy in the room. Um, it was super powerful, and we are in good, good hands. We're heading in a great direction. Um, also, I, al- I learned that our team can dance. We've got some people on our team that can dance. I, we got some video. They had like a dance party after every, like every session. And as you can see, I want to highlight Johnny. Um, he is, and then Jace is taking the stage right here. Um, yeah, I mean, everyone was getting into it. I, I, I just, that's probably enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> Good, right? <clears throat> Praise God. Well, yeah, things were things were getting wild. Um, I went to two. They they do a morning session and an evening session, and then in between in the day they do break away or breakout sessions. And I went to two of them that were really important and powerful to me. And the first one was a worship one, um, where it was just gathering worship leaders from all over, um, and we got to hear from some people that I really respect and and care about. And they had some great stuff to say. I felt really encouraged. Um, but more specifically, I was having a conversation with, with Liz afterwards. And um, I've been the worship pastor here for eight years. And I'm just like, you know, I've been thinking, what's next? You know, where, where are we headed? And um, I just felt like the Lord was telling me that, like, the first eight years have been um, setting a table. And just like, man, I don't know really how to unpack it. I'm still unpacking it. But what I'm really believing for and what I'm expecting of is new songs, um, greater depth in worship, equipping new leaders, and um, this becoming a, a loud house of worship. Um, those are the words I was getting, and like, I feel like we've been setting the table for that, which is really, really exciting to me. Um, the, other, the other breakout session was about deconstruction, which is kind of like a hot buzzword right now that's going through, and um, it was about deconstructing with God, and the room was packed. They, they do these breakouts in, like, separate settings. Um, they should have picked a different setting. There's people sitting, like, on the walls. Like, it was packed, so obviously this is a hot thing right now. Um, most of our people went to it and, and left with some strong takeaways. Um, the main thing that I was really appreciative of is was talking about deconstruction with God, like, and how we can make safe space for that in our community for people who, like, they're going through some stuff, um, and they're deconstructing, but doing it in a Christian community with God uh, as, as the center, which was really, really cool. Um, if, if you want a holy offense from the Lord, and you want your heart to burn for our friends that are de- deconstructing, you can find the, um, the whole session is on YouTube. If, if you want, I could send it to you. 
it was powerful. I, I've already sent it to a few people in our church that have watched it and, and really um, liked it. So those were the main takeaways that I had from the conference. And Steve, you're up. Thanks. Josh has this all on his phone here that he's scrolling through. I, I have a piece of paper somewhere that I, I left back in the pew. Um, you know, Lane and my first exposure to the Vineyard Movement was in 1984 at a conference with John Wimber. And uh, during that conference, God just rocked our world. And he kind of renewed this incredible new intimacy with Jesus, and he set us on this trajectory that's really shaped the, the rest of our lives since then. And it was shortly after that that God made it very clear to us that Vineyard was our family. And so um, I have been, I think, to every national and regional conference uh, for the vineyard since then. And each time I'm always inspired and uh, feel equipped. And, uh, but, but every time there's something that God really highlights for me. As, uh, um, this one, um, as Josh was saying, was very historic in the sense that there was a uh, transfer of the national leadership from... Um, from uh, the first generation of leaders to the new generation of leaders. And, um, you know, every time that that's happened, I've, I've watched that transfer happen from John Wimber, who was the national director for many, many years, to four different people uh, over these 40 years, whatever that is. And each time I'm a little apprehensive, I'm a little nervous, like, Oh no, what is that going to mean? You know, what, what direction are we going to go? And I've always, I've been so blessed just to see the faithfulness of God to, to uh, the wisdom and the, and the grace of God on, on the movement that he's, uh, he's kept us uh, in his hands. And so, but this time, uh, it was so historic because of the, uh, not only from, was from you know one man to another man or woman, but it was uh, this whole generational shift. And uh, observing this, what I saw as the different leaders were introduced and they were speaking is this quality that has always impressed me about the vineyard. I, I saw these new leaders as authentic, humble, servant leaders. And that kind of humility and leadership is, is something that, especially when I go to these conferences, that I come away with, and I am so thankful that the Lord has, has put me in this tribe with these kinds of people. Though they're brilliant and gifted and uh, powerful on so many levels, they just walk in this, this simple humility. And so... Um, so God is good. God, you know, we sing that song, Lord, take your vineyard that you planted and make it new wine. And that's what I see him doing. And I'm, I'm, I'm very blessed by that. It's very exciting to me, me to see the new generation of leaders step forward. Now, concerning the dance floor, um, this was every night they had this, they have this beautiful courtyard out there and it's 
sunny, by the way, in Arizona, and at night it's warm. They're outside, and, and we didn't go because we're the old folks with Ron and Nancy. Uh, we'd go home and go to bed, but uh, the last night we thought we'd visit. So I go out there, and as you could see on that dance floor, they had a DJ and a dance floor. The, the observation that I made, it, even though there's hundreds of people around, everyone on the dance floor was from the Vancouver Vineyard. As well as my daughter and Liz's mom. So now I don't know what the significance of that is. And you know, it takes time to process these things. So I'm trying to figure out what, what is that that, that happened. So uh, it was great. So I'll pass it. I have to say that Dennis was the first one on the dance floor every night. He inspired another guy there, and they were doing their robot jiggly moves, and it was, it was just great. It was really fun. I, I, I have to say something, though. There, where the, Johnny and Jace really have incredible moves, as you could see. Dennis, we didn't know what he was doing, but he was really enjoying himself. I think it was a movement of the spirit. Um, well, I'm Linda, in case you don't know me, and my husband is on the road right now coming back, which I'm really glad. This is where he spends time with God, is out in nature and on the road. And so he said, well, why don't I drive down? I didn't have time to do that. So flew down and flew back with the crew um, on Friday. Um, for me... Um, this, I, I'm fairly new to the vineyard. I'm from a much more conservative background and uh, both Lutheran and then evangelical Christians and Baptist background. And so coming in here, I think God kind of ambushed me. That was kind of the word um, over, the, over the week was that God ambushed me. And um, anyway, I came here following my friends, the Pistanas, and, um, and I have loved, loved being here. It's a family. But for me still, what is new is um, the ministry of the Holy Spirit and what that means. And uh, we didn't quite see the, the whammo that, that Wimber talked about. And I, I didn't have a huge experience that way. But I feel like God is wooing me in what really is the ministry of the Spirit. And every moment that I was there and what I saw, just what um, Josh and Steve were talking about with of the leadership and the sweetness of the spirit, the sweetness that was there, especially when I saw the older generation passing on the mantle to the younger generation. There was such mutual respect. And um, just the older generation saying, Stand on the shoulders of those who have gone before you. Stand on what is good, but do not feel you have to do it in the same way. The Spirit is leading you. So stand on what is good and, and true and right, but then you follow where the Spirit is leading you. And um, just seeing that and seeing the rush of people, old and young, to the front, both to be prayed for 
to surrender things, to get healing, whatever it was. And then the second rush of people going to the front to lay hands on and pray for everyone, that was impactful to me. And just seeing um, what life in the spirit is. And uh, I, I've been reading through Galatians, and it's just like since being back, how even verses like Galatians 5, 25, since we live by the Spirit, let, let us keep in step with the Spirit, have new meaning to me, that it is in the vineyard, it seems to be this good combination between being solid in the Word, knowing the Word, and living the Word but letting the Spirit empower the Word and letting the Spirit speak to you personally about how we carry out the Word, that the Spirit is living and that God is power, His Spirit is living and powerful in us. And so I feel like God was just was wooing me this week, just gently. And one experience that I had is that um, Jeff... And I ran into some people that he knew from Atlanta. And um, the woman named Nancy said, hey, um, are you going to the women's luncheon right now? I was like, well, I didn't really know about it. Sign up for it. She goes, well, come with me. You can eat half my lunch. And so she was really sweet. We go to this. And it's all about mentoring. And it's like, well, it's not, it doesn't really apply to me right now. But, um, but at the end, she said, I want to take some time right now to bless the younger women coming up in leadership. So she said, everyone under 40, stand up, which I was not in that category. <laughs> and um, so she said, everyone else, <laughs> I really encourage you to participate in this. And I would like you to put your hand on the shoulder of a younger woman and pray a prophetic blessing. This is all new for me. And um, as the woman in front of me, no other older woman was standing near her. And I was like, okay, Lord, you're going to have to tell me something to say because I can't just let her stand there. So I stood up and put my hand on her shoulder. And um, it was just like, okay, Lord, you got to give me something because I don't really know what I'm doing. And he gave me this little picture of a lake and a palm tree. I don't know if it was a palm tree, just because I was in Phoenix. But anyway, I was like, okay, I'm going with it. And I just prayed prophetically something about your ministry is an oasis and prayed about that. And she was like, and I was like, okay. And anyway, got done with that. And the direction was then to have the younger women pray for us. And she turned around and looked at me and she went, oh, you're the woman. I saw you during worship yesterday. And I was like, oh, okay, well, you, you saw me a few rows over, and you just, for some reason I stood out to you. And she goes, no, God gave me a picture of you. And I was like, oh, you didn't see me physically? She goes, uh-uh. She said, God gave me a picture of you exactly. Your blue shirt, the way you're smiling at me, even the way that you came around and looked at me from the side to ask me my name, it's you. And I was like, okay. And um, she said, when God gave me the picture of you, I didn't know, okay, Lord, I don't know if I'm going to see this woman. But she says, there you are. And, and then she prayed some good, good things in my life about, you know, God sees me, I have a voice, and he's going to use me. And um, 
but I, I just felt like that was um, God, again, just gently wooing me and saying, I am real. I mean, I know that you know that I'm real, but I see you and I just have a special word for you. And I'm going to use you, even though you feel like you don't know what you're doing. It, it, it just very, very gentle to me. And um, so I just feel like I'm starting a journey. And Jeff and I kind of laugh about the fact that even though all the older generation, which we're kind of a part of, is passing the mantle on to the younger generation, we're just kind of at the beginning too, just trying to figure out where God is leading us in ministry. So um, just sweetness. And just one other thing about the leadership, not only the national leaders, but Jeff and I have remarked many times how amazed and impressed we are with this leadership in our church and just the sweetness of this leadership of integrity of exactly the words that Steve said, the humility and the authenticity, integrity. I just see it in the leadership here. So we're just very blessed. Amen. All righty. Well, uh, for me, this whole experience I would say started with uh, Jace's sermon on becoming like a child to enter the kingdom of God. What was that, a month ago or something? And ever since then, I've been meditating on that. That's it. I need to be like a child. That's what I'm missing. I'm being too much like an adult. And, and then, but this, the last, like, three days before the conference, I was really looking forward to it, but every day was really hectic. It's like morning till night, stuff to do, stuff to do, stuff to do. Not relating to the conference, but just stuff I had to get done. And I was feeling overwhelmed and just run down. And then Monday, when, when we left, it was just more of the same. And I was just frustrated. I was not enjoying the flight. Um, I got down there. First session was Monday night. By Tuesday morning, I was telling Jace what I was frustrated with about the conference, and I told him, <laughs> I am already conferenced out. And it's just starting, and I thought to myself, I didn't actually consider it, but I thought to myself, I wonder how much it would cost to change my plane ticket and fly back tomorrow. But and then I realized, God changed my attitude change my attitude. I prayed, change my attitude. And oh my gosh, it was, I would say is the most amazing thing. Um, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God, when you allow yourself to be in a place. Um, for me, I, I thought of myself as a person of, who experienced the peace and joy of God, but this is altogether different. And I'm, oh my goodness, I can't, I can't point to any one thing. It wasn't the teaching. It wasn't the music. Well, I would say it was the people. That was the one thing. That God was present in his people. And the worship was powerful. Just um, seeing people transformed. Uh, just the, the joy of people. The joy of the worship leaders. I was just so moved by everything. And I, I never felt... Except maybe when I was a baby Christian, I never felt more carried by God. I mean, I was up till 11.30, three nights in a row. And that usually really messes me up because I struggle with insomnia. And I'm like, I can't do this. I cannot do this. I'm going to be wiped out. And I swear, I was, 
I was never tired. Just the whole time, I was just so refreshed. And when I travel, when I go someplace, I may enjoy it, but I'm, I'm wiped out from traveling, sleeping in a bad motel, in a bad bed and all that, eating bad food. But the whole time through now, I've just been like, oh my gosh, where did this energy come from? So the spirit was present, is present, and I think for me, one of the most compelling things that people have already shared about is this is a movement. I mean, when you come to church on Sunday morning, you go, oh, this is much bigger than me and God, or me and my family and God. This is much bigger, and we keep coming back because God blesses us, right, with the singing, the worship, the teaching, the fellowship. But this was eight sessions of worship and whatever, 25 sessions of teaching. It was just, it was just so magnified that oh, I was just um, lifted, lifted. But I felt like I fell in love with uh, Vineyard National. When I, I went on, maybe I checked out the national website a couple of years ago, and it's just like, okay, okay, no big deal. When I went on yesterday, it was like, it was just like the spirit falling on me. It was, the only thing I could compare it to is like, I used, uh, if you're a huge sports fan and you go on your team's website, right, to check out all their players and their stats and their bios and everything, I felt like, wow, this is, this is my team. And I just felt like this such love and connection with these people. It's like, I want to email these people. I want to call these people. I want to send flowers to the office. I just felt like I need... I need to be connected to the, the national leaders and support them. And there's something there. And I am, I'm so ready. Two years, two years, nothing's holding me back. But you know, right here, next June, right? July, we're going to do the regional conference right here. And um, God is good. God is very good. And it's so good to be with all the people that went down. Absolutely. All right. Awesome. I could talk forever, but I will stop. Hey everyone, I'm Noelle, I'm one of the pastors here. I have my thing written out because I get nervous, so bear with me. Um, I want to talk about the idea of God's kingdom here on earth and our participation in it. Um, I'm a little bit new to the vineyard as well, so I'm going to explain a couple of things as I go for those of you that are new as well. Um, a kingdom theology is one of the core markers of the vineyard movement, so it was woven throughout the conference, both in teaching and in actual practice. And there are a few things I just wanted to bring home and share with you guys. Um, so we know that the kingdom of heaven was brought down to earth in and through Jesus, and every believer is invited to be a part of sharing and spreading this new heavenly kingdom reality throughout the earth by the power of the Holy Spirit. We see the kingdom of heaven at work when we see healing of the sick, deliverance from demonic oppression, unity and diversity, restoration and justice, love and action, and much more. It's God's desire and will for humanity being worked out. When we pray as Jesus did, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, it's important to recognize that we don't manufacture the kingdom or the work of the spirit. We simply receive it. We can open up to the spirit and allow him to work through us to expand his kingdom, or we can resist it. We can put up barriers and inhibit what God wants to do in us and around us. God doesn't force us to say yes to his spirit, so it's possible for us to say no. Saying no can look like unwillingness to go outside of our comfort zones, giving into fear of what other people think, 
believing the lies we aren't qualified to minister to one another, or just not listening to the Spirit's voice. When we allow the Spirit to work through us and we participate in kingdom work, we become a community that sees with Jesus' eyes and performs acts of love like Jesus did, made possible only through the power of the Spirit by obedience to God. A community that lives out the values of God's kingdom, freeing the oppressed, healing the sick, serving the poor, loving one another, is a much more powerful witness to the world than the best sermon or the coolest church program or the most talented worship band. The world watches as the kingdom of heaven breaks through and they experience what kind of transformation that saying yes to Jesus brings. So how do we say yes? We look, we listen, and we respond. God is already at work around us, even in the mess we humans make and the imperfect people we are. It's his Holy Spirit at work. All he needs is our yes. It's not about ability, it's about availability. It's not our power, it's his. Our only job is to respond in faithful obedience. This looks like going to pray for someone new, taking extra time to talk with someone, boldly asking for healing or commanding deliverance, serving outside of our comfort zone, and more, whatever you hear and see the spirit moving. I also want to emphasize that it's about obedience through faith, not feelings. When we say yes to how the Spirit is leading us, we aren't waiting until we feel something or get a word in our head or a picture in our minds or even until we have the desire. We are simply obedient to the things he's called us to and leading with love. And I have an example that's actually very similar to Linda's. Um, ministry time at the end, they call people up to come up if they want to receive prayer. And... It's, they did specific calls for certain groups of people each night. So I was kind of holding back. Um, I saw a woman go up waiting to receive prayer. No one had come up yet. So it, exactly like you, I, I didn't feel a strong desire. I didn't have a word or a picture. I just knew I'm her sister in Christ. God has called me to love and minister and pray for my, my family. So I went up and laid a hand on her and started praying for her. And God showed up. God was faithful. He gave me several words for her that really seemed to resonate, um, and I got to see the power of the Spirit come on her emotionally and physically, and that was, that was just really cool. Um, and there are times when we are obedient and step out in faith to minister to someone, and we don't see the results right away. There's not some big whammo, but we do see how loved that person feels by the community of believers, and that God does use those experiences as part of each person's journey towards him. So, responding to God's call on our lives to participate in his kingdom through the guidance and the power of the Spirit is not reserved for the super perfect holy people or career ministry people or those who have extra time on their hands or people who seem to have it all together. That's right. Being filled by the Spirit and joining in the daily work of the kingdom is for all of us. It's for you right now. <laughs> All this means is asking God, now and every day, what he has next for you. What does the Spirit want to do in and through you for kingdom purposes? And in faith and obedience, saying yes. Amen. That's awesome. Thanks, Noel. That was so good. So there, there, was, your, there was your mini preach. That was good. You got your money's worth this morning. Um, with a little bit of time we have left, I want to share a bit about my experience, um, which is a little bit different. Um, so I, I grew up in church. I've been going to these kind of conferences, camps. How many, how many of you guys are church kids? 
conferences, camps, mission trips, yeah, the whole works, right? Giving your life to Jesus 2,500 times, you know, rededicated, been baptized five times, that whole thing, right? Um, I've had experiences with the Holy Spirit where I've been a puddle of tears um, uh, at, a, at a ministry time. I've had moments where people have given me a prophetic word that has literally altered the course of my life, completely shifted me in a new direction. I've had experiences where I've felt just the love of the Father washing over me. And um, I always go with a high level of expectation. Now, uh, two years ago, we went to Denver for this national conference, and it was one of those where the Holy Spirit did stuff that we just didn't even, we, we just couldn't have anticipated. It felt so powerful. The room was so electric. The experiences were so undeniable and unexplainable that we went into this conference this year feeling just charged. We've been praying five days a week. We've been fasting. We've got more people going. This is going to be the year. And man, it has been a terrible couple of years leading up to it. And we all desperately need some healing. Does anybody else need some healing after two years? Yeah, I was feeling that. Um, so we fly in, we go, and I'm excited. I'm, I'm Every altar call, whether it applied to me or not, I'm like, Jesus, I want whatever you've got for me. And I would go forward and didn't feel anything. Waited. Somebody would come pray for me. It's really nice. And then it was over. That's okay. We still have like five more days. And uh, day after day, I would go forward, responding to the ministry call, begging God for some kind of breakthrough because I know I'm carrying stuff that just has to be left on the floor. Like, I invite it all. Lord, if you want me to just cry in front of the entire auditorium, I'll do it. If you want me, like, whatever you want, I just need a breakthrough. And time after time, there's nothing. Um, and the feelings that came uh, after that or through, you know, session after session of just kind of feeling like the Lord is saying, does anybody need to be touched by me? And I'm like, me, me. And he says, anyone at all? Right here, right here. And he says, Oh, well, then let's just go with Liz again. Um, <laughs> and, it became, and it became a depression for me to the point where I felt just like a heavy cloud all Thursday. And, and it, was, it was rough. And I say all of this not to discourage anybody or to say like, yeah, just sometimes it doesn't work for you. It's to say that if you have ever felt like you've come to a worship night or encounter or something like that and you see everyone around you experiencing something and you're like, I don't, I must, like, there must be something wrong with me because I'm not feeling what they seem to be feeling. Has anybody ever experienced that before? I have a lot. I have a lot. And this was one of those moments. And at the same time, the presence of God was so evident all around me. And he was using me to touch others. It was so strange to feel so emotionally and spiritually, like, empty. And at the same time, to go put my hand on somebody and say, come Holy Spirit and wham, wham. And you just wrestle with that. And I think that there are these moments where God is just, he's saying, like, I've got you. Your, the hunger that you have in your heart is itself a sign that I am doing something in you. If you are longing for me, that's because I am doing that. If you stop longing for me, that is when you should be concerned. And 
And I came home with just the most basic, simple, but profound energy at my back for just keep doing the stuff. Just keep doing it. Just keep putting your hands on people and praying for them. Just keep sharing the gospel. Just keep sharing your faith with your friends. Keep inviting people into church. Keep showing up at 6 a.m. every day for prayer meetings, contending for the breaking in of God's kingdom that Noel was talking about. Keep making disciples. Keep loving your kids. Keep pouring into your spouse. Keep doing this thing because it all counts. And when we come home from a conference like that, it's easy to say that we're afraid that we're about to slam into the wall of real life. You guys have all been living real life for the last week, right? And the truth is that what we were experiencing in Phoenix was also real life. It was real. And it's available not just in the context where everybody flew in, spent thousands of dollars full of faith and hunger, that Sunday after Sunday and Tuesday morning after Tuesday morning and life group after life group, we can all come in beat down and weary but needing a touch from the Lord. And the Lord says, take your hand out of your pocket, put it on somebody's shoulder and announce the kingdom of God over them and see what I do. And that's what we do on Sunday mornings. And that's what we're going to do right now. So if you want to stand with me, we're going to take some time and do some ministry. And um, when we go to these conferences... The Bible makes it very clear. The, the, the call that Jesus gives to us is, I have given you something freely as a gift. It's grace. This is all grace. Amen? I've given you the salvation. I've given you the Holy Spirit. All of it. You didn't earn any of it. And when we go to these conferences, he says, I've given you guys a touch. I've given you an experience. I've given you some tools. I've given you a message. Not to promote you, but to give it all away. And so if you were at the conference this week, I want to invite you to come to the front. Because what we want to do now is give away whatever God gave us. And I know that that's kind of weird. And maybe some of you are not, didn't even come in feeling hungry. You know, maybe today is a routine Sunday for you. But I want to, I want to just call, like, I want to speak to like the tiny mustard seed of faith that might be buried in your heart to say... God might have something for you this morning that might disrupt you. You might have something that needs, you might get the breakthrough that I was hungering for for an entire week. He might do that for you this morning. And so if you have even the tiniest, tiniest desire to receive something from God this morning, I want to invite you to come forward to the front right now. You can just come and, you don't even have to go pick somebody. Just come and stand up here. Because we're going we're gonna to do ministry just sort of in the typical vineyard style. We're going to be a group of people just sort of like a marauding band going from person to person and giving a little bit of what we've got away. And the, when we do this, our response isn't to force anything. Maybe something emotional will happen, maybe not. Our response is simply to yield 
to the, like if you had a mustard seed of faith to come forward, sometimes the Holy Spirit does a mustard seed's worth of something, just a little tingle, a little feeling, a little emotion, a little thought. And our job is to sort of fan that into flame by, by yielding, by just saying, okay, I'll go with it, God. Sometimes it's embarrassing. <laughs> sometimes it's amazing. So let's, let's just wait on the Lord. We're going to just take a little bit of time and we're going to wait on the Lord, okay? So come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Across the room and across the front, we invite you to come and rest on your people. You love this church so much, you sent 15 people to go be cisterns to bring back a little bit of living water. So we pray that you'd pour it out right now, Lord.